You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. It's time for this week's Friday Morning GM with co-host Vasilis Larikos. Vas, how you doing? I'm doing well, Ken. I think I'm in the minority, but I feel a little relieved that the Ravens did not overpay for a marginal upgrade at the trade deadline. You know, you and I have a lot of different views about franchise building, but this this trade deadline, I think we both looked at it and said, not only is this a pretty complete Ravens team, it's a team with a lot of needs for 2024 that require draft picks and all the 2025 draft capital they're going to have from losing free agents isn't going to help next year. Right. Right. Yes. Uh, just to that point that it is a complete team. You know, I do the daily Ravens news for Baltimore beatdown and I kind of take a look at the national media and what they're saying and get their perspective. Cause sometimes we can get caught in our echo chamber a little bit and uh, just going across um this, they have the sixth best odds to win the Super Bowl, third best odds to win the conference. Shil Kapadia from the Athletic called them the most complete team in the NFL today. ESPN, when evaluating the uh, trade deadline, uh, said they have no glaring holes. 
sixth best odds to win the Super Bowl is a it, that's a market based price, obviously, in in terms of uh, of DraftKings probably or one of the other uh, lines. They actually have the best chance to win the Super Bowl by the Devoa Playoff Odds Report, and their their uh, their Devoa is tops in the National Football League, as you can imagine, and uh, uh, by a wide margin, actually, they're the best the best. Uh, Five and th- sorry, six and two team that they've ever recorded, or second, yeah, best six and two team ever. The best. There was one five and three team that was better. Yes, I think they said. Well, regardless, two thousand one Eagles. Yep, yep, Eagles. Yep. Yeah. Uh, just also, just one more note: the um, the Ringer puts out something called the All Index, All In Index, essentially, mm-hmm. and the Ravens after the deadline are still number seven. All that being said, they're a very strong team that already has a lot of the pieces they needed and. If some fans really want to feel like they missed out the, the opportunity, um, just just pretend that Calvin Illinois was traded for a seventh round pick. <laughs> yeah, uh, just a, a lot of uh, a lot of interesting things going on here. But uh, but that all in index, just to go back to that for a moment, that's also a measure of how much void money do they have, what's their cap situation, and whatnot. And and we we do know. Coming into this year, the Ravens' cap situation for the next five years is fairly dire relative to the National Football League. They're about the 27th best cap situation. They have a huge free agency group leaving, which is part of that cap situation in terms of uh, how Brad Spielberger looked at it in in one analysis. So um, it's it's a it's a team which is going to have to fill a lot of holes after this year. They'll still have quality players in in the midst of that, but they're going to have to fill a lot of holes and. Some really good players um, are, are, are free agents, and uh, and they won't even get a, a comp- compensatory pick for all of them. They'll get uh, it should get co- four compensatory picks, I think, for the first time in a long time. But uh, I I don't expect them to get a, a compensatory pick for all the free agent signalers. Agreed, agreed. Um, just to that point, as far as the Spielberger, uh, if they have the third uh, worst cap situation over the next three years or the, or the fifth, uh, I can't recall exactly the number, but they have the 11th most cap space next year, according to over the cap projected. So that means that their outlook in 2015 and 2006, uh, I'm sorry, 2025 and 2026 is potentially even worse than the 11th, 11th least. That's interesting. I, I, the, the, the primary thing that is driving a difference between what OTC says and what Spielberger says is going to be the the free agents lost because that's they, okay. they have he's making an evaluation of the free agents lost and it's a ton of talent. Uh, I thought you know, that that number was particularly on deferred total deferred money essentially. That, so that's, that they had the third most, but. Um, Anyway, we don't want to get bogged down in those numbers sure. too much. I will just make the point, looking at the team, the players who started in week eight out of the 22 on offense and defense, nine are scheduled to become unrestricted free agents. Mm-hmm. So we're not talking about all second stringers and third stringers and veteran minimum guys. You have a lot of talent that you're going to have to either find a way to retain or find a way to replace, and you need draft picks to do so. Right. Yeah, these guys like Kevin Zeitler, we've kind of even forgotten about in terms of him being a free agent next year. But, you know, that's the case. John Simpson, who's now just starting to come around and just starting really provides some value to the Ravens, uh, is going to be gone, you know, and or, or you know, he'll be a free agent. Uh, so anyway, it's a, it is a tough row for this. Uh, this offseason is going to be a very busy one for, for Eric DeCosta. Let's let's look at, at, if we can, at some of the trades the Ravens didn't make 
prices that were alleged out there, and there's a lot of crap going around on Twitter about what these prices actually were asked. Um, one comment I have to make about prices that asked and prices that are that are accepted. If you see prices that are on any place, anything, that's the price something didn't sell for. It's, kind of, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. what, what, what we should call an ask price, you know, as opposed mm-hmm. to the bid price. And you still have that bid ask spread. Now you work in the mortgage business, you, you or did for for a while anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, that's certainly something that that uh, you could detail for us. Yes, of course. Uh, bid and ask, as you said, there's a spread between that. The one that really just boggled my mind was the rumor of Josh Jacobs for a second rounder. It's absurd. <laughs> you know, averaging averaging three yards a carry. Sure, you could probably do better in Baltimore. Just speaks to the the reliance of that position on the surrounding talent. But for a half a year rental for a running back, when you look at a team that is look going into next year needing two to three offensive line, two to three wide receivers. Uh, at least an edge rusher, two to three defensive linemen, at least a cornerback. It's that's just a luxury. That's just it doesn't make any sense. It's it's a it's an unnecessary and, and unwanted luxury. It's putting a, a granite countertop on your uh, kitchen cabinets when you're uh, when you have a leak in your subfloor. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. It's a uh, uh, in terms of what would have been reasonable to go after Jacobs. You know, the, the, it's not like he's a terrible player. I'd want Henry more. The, my price on Henry was a 2025 fourth is probably what I would have given. And a floating fourth at that. Because then you basically, because the Ravens will, will get compensatory picks, they'll have some picks at the bottom of the fourth round. And it'd be one of those, the, the lowest one, that you'd be giving away for Henry. Right. And that's the thing. And would he be an upgrade as far as pass protection? Sure. But, uh, you know, there was a, a week ago, everyone was saying, well, let's find a young explosive back. Well, they already have one on the roster and he uh, returned to full practice yesterday. So Very I just exciting. didn't see running back as a need. And I'm really, really happy that they didn't make that move. I think they can. So even in the case of extreme injury, I think they can patch it together with, um, you know, Melvin Gordon and whoever else they can sign off all the people's practice squads, Leonard Fournette, Kenny and Drake, the list of Super Bowl champion running backs for the last decade or so is very unimpressive. So <laughs> it's just not, it's just not, it's just, as I said, an unessential, non-essential luxury. Uh, Leonard Fournette got signed this week, of course, and and so did Drake to the, to the Brown squad. So uh, <laughs> good names to come up right now. Uh, Saquon Barkley. Uh, reportedly the price was a little higher on him. Again, that's an ask price, not a bid price. Um, if I'm the Giants, I'm trying to get what I can for Barkley at this trade deadline. Obviously, they felt differently about it, felt like they couldn't give up on the – well, they, they, it doesn't matter whether they've given up on the season or not. The season has given up on them. And giving right. up has been thrust <laughs> upon them. <laughs> it's, but uh, I, I don't understand why they wouldn't have traded Barkley at this trade deadline. You know, I think it's this point, uh, this same concept applies to both Henry and Barkley. They're both sort of face of the franchise type of players. And that's a signal that sometimes teams don't want to uh, give up that player um, and really signal to their fan base. There's no point in showing up for the games the rest of the year, uh, that sort of thing. So 
And the other thing, just on those two, I personally was concerned at how they're they would fit into the locker room and the cult, not necessarily the culture, just the chemistry of a team, because those two are big, huge name players that are used to volume, um, you know, a high volume of touches in a game. And now you're dropping them into a platoon. And how does Gus feel about that? And how does the rest of the team feel about that? So I, I really do think they dodged a, a potentially dodged a bullet with the in the running back market there. Uh, in, in in the case of Henry, um, he's used to a high volume. I don't think he needs a high volume to be effective. I think basically you need to put a lot of offensive plays on the defense, get them a little tired, and then bring Henry in. I think he might be more effective on a pitch count coming in. You know, being if if something Washington Redskins used to do in the 1980s is have a different back first half and second half, kind of a novel thing. I don't know that it's been done otherwise. And they would bring in Ricky Irvin's in the second okay. half and and they had somebody some uh, i think it was actually riggins was it riggins, riggins? it it, it might have been riggins but i thought there was another guy in the first half who was more and it might have been ernest biner even okay for, for the redskins at that time i might i might have it wrong but anyway they had they had a it might have been riggins it might have a, a first and second half back anyway and and uh, and ricky Irvins was a was a speed back and they still had other guys for third down or whatnot but that um I, i'd never seen that employed before with with um, Henry, I think you could see a guy who you know grades up his snaps as the game goes on, and you have a lot of those first half snaps going to an Edwards, Hill, Mitchell, tiring that opposing defense out. Hopefully, loading up on snap count, which is something the Ravens haven't been able to do this year so far. Mm-hmm. They're consistently mm-hmm. losing snap count, um, and then uh, hopefully in the in the uh, in the fourth quarter, you'd have a very effective weapon to bring in with Henry to close out games. And uh, I think that could be that could be very powerful. But that said, Henry, they didn't really have. I don't think the Titans really had any interest in trading him once they saw Will Levis's performance on Sunday. Uh, you know, he kind of went off. I think that the, the Titans consider them still in that AFC South race and still in the wild card race in the AFC, uh, and, and they're probably going to you know give it their all in terms of making it. The guy they should have really traded, though, since since they are they have been committed to Levis right now by his play in that game, they should have gone ahead and traded Tannehill. Tannehill, yeah, yeah, I can see that for sure. I thought you were going to say Hopkins, but I, I can see developing uh, Levis with Hopkins and Burks coming back now uh, after after injury too. Um, anyway, just circling, circling, putting a button on it. Glad they didn't make a move running back. I'm happy with who they have, and I think they can get the job done. It's not going to be an advantage necessarily week to week, but it's going to be good enough. That's not going to win you in the games in the playoffs, the passing offense and the defense is. Ken, you're muted. Happens every show, doesn't it? <laughs> 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 um, I, I basically agree with you. And uh, it's something where, um, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the three guys they have, the only concern right now is Edwards out with a toe injury yesterday. And we'll get to the injury report in a second, uh, which is some good news, certainly on it. Some other news that's kind of scary, and, and we're, we're, we're waiting kind of on Thursday's injury report to make sure that some of these players return um, right. in, in terms of getting back. But before we get into that, let's let's talk about the other, I, I will say, major position of discussion with the Ravens was the edge rusher position. Another case where the Ravens have a lot of players – and the Ravens have, I think, three good players. And I honestly don't care what other people feel like about the combination of Van Moy, Clowney, and Owe. I think they're all above average pass rushers and, and are giving the Ravens a lot. And so whoever you bring in 
even if he's a situational pass rusher, is going to take snaps away from those guys. Right. Unless you deploy, as we were talking about last show, the uh, the race car package. Mm-hmm. But th- that was a place where we discussed and the price tags. Well, first of all, Leonard Williams, who we're going to face this week in Seattle, uh, that was a second and a fifth. Um, the price tag on Montez Sweat was a pure second. Mm-hmm. The one that I would have considered making, and I think maybe with the benefit of hindsight, you can say it would have been a smart move, is Chase Young. They uh, San Fran traded a essentially compensatory range third round pick for a half a year Chase Young with essentially the expectation that they're going to get that back as a deferred compensatory pick unless they slap the franchise tag on him, which I think they probably could because they're not paying a quarterback yet. But uh, that's the one where I think you can look back. But there was 10 trades made, and only one of the trades was something where you would say, oh, I could I could see the benefit for the Ravens doing that. You know, it's, 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 there's not much to critique the cost of there. I, I agree. I, it, there is one other trade that I kind of liked for the acquirer, and that's Donovan Peoples-Jones to the Lions for a sixth. Mm-hmm. That's a trade I, I would have probably made as well. I, 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 there's no way the Browns are going to trade him in the division, by the way. Um, right. he's a- when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Boomer bus player coming into this year, he had 10.0 yards per target career, which that's a that's a hallowed mark uh, for, for mm-hmm. receivers who can get there. This year, he's down to 5.4 yards per target. So they don't know exactly who he is, I think is the thing. But he's a player I think has a good chance to rebound in Detroit. Yeah, I, I've liked the DPJ for a couple of years now. And uh, I think it would be an upgrade over Khalif Raymond, sort of using that same mm-hmm. you know, punt return man and deep threat, but uh, a little bit better version. Yeah. All right. And and I'm I think I'm in agreement on Chase Young is that is that he was a player that you know I really would not want to give up a third round pick, but you might have to. And and you or maybe you try and come up with compensation from 2025 that is as attractive, but not a you know, not a three anymore. And and then you're really talking about it paying more. So I don't know. I don't think the Ravens ought to do that either, honestly. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, maybe you could have given somebody back a Tavius Robinson or somebody mm-hmm. like that. I, you know, there's ways to make it work. You could trade a future pick to recoup the, the third from this. You could trade a, a second from 2025 uh, to recoup the 2024 third. I mm-hmm. mean, there's a lot of different permutations. Um, but I do think that would have been, just for a one-year deferral on the pick for eight uh, eight games of one of the better pass rushers in the league right now, that could have been a move well, worthwhile. It's good. Certainly could have been. Um, I, I don't think Young is guaranteed third, by the way. I think that's a, that's kind of a little bit of a stretch for him. And, and he, with his injury history, we're already seeing that Sweat was the hotter property right. than Young. So it, it's good good possibility that's the way the contracts work out as well You know, moving forward. That's a good point. His knee issue, you know, missed almost two years with the same knee. It could be a, a regenerative or, a, you know, an issue that prevents him from getting that big payday because almost like a Pramel McPhee. Yeah. 
All right. Well, you know, probably the, the, the weirdest trade of the day was the Bears. Um, uh, I, I just I do not, I do not understand the move at all um, yeah. in terms of tra- making the big trade for Montez Sweat and giving up a second round pick in a year where they for a rental in a year where they have no chance to make the playoffs. I don't think any realistic chance. They're two and six, right? Yeah. yeah. And field is out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So their, their chance to make the playoffs is 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 non-existent, and then we're going to go into next year. Sweat will be a free agent. Now they do have what ten weeks or whatever, however long it is until March, to sign him. I guess it's more like twelve and a half, fourteen weeks, or maybe. But they have all that time to sign him, and it's an advantage, you know, maybe in the same sense it was for the Ravens with Roquan last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if you look at it again, I, I'm just reminded that the teams that consistently draft well. And the Ravens have been one of these, no matter what anybody tells you about all the fourth round picks they've wasted or blah, 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 blah. And we've heard a lot about this, this, this week, the the Ravens have been consistently a good drafting team and they are consistently have a class of free agents heading out the door. That is more than they can sign under their cap space. And they just have to, go through these heartbreaking decisions. If you're the Chicago Bears, you're not in that same – you don't have that same problem. You, yeah, you, most cap space in the league, yeah, right, or one of them. Yeah, you, and you, uh, and you don't have enough good players to sign of your own. So, so you play a premium. And that, like Jalen Johnson, who's one developed in one of the better corners we talked about yeah. last week, uh, who's a guy they could pay. There's no advantage necessarily to, to having the guy in the – I mean, Laramie Tunsil – held uh, Houston over the barrel after they traded, what was it, three first-round picks for him? Yep. Because he knew, what are they going to do? You have to – and when he got the highest contract uh, offensive tackle. The other point I'd like to make, I don't understand the why a losing team would want to add a player to help them win when they have no chance of making the playoffs. Why not lose and take the better draft pick? Yeah. You know, and take the better schedule going forward next year. I mean – I think there's a way to use the parity model of the NFL to your advantage. Uh, I just, it doesn't make sense on any level. It really doesn't. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree. Um, I, I, I can sort of understand. Uh, I can definitely understand not trading Henry or Barkley. Cause you don't want to send the wrong message to your season ticket holders. And it's not just don't, don't bother to show up for the games the rest of the year. It's don't bother renewing your season tickets. Right. Uh, you know, we don't, right. we don't give a crap about winning when, you know, we're going to, we're going to try and get the money we can. And you know what, in the future, we're going to play the roller coaster game whenever we fucking feel like it, because mm-hmm. you, you, <laughs> you know, you, your guys, your needs as season ticket holders come second to our needs to, to run the team. And that's obviously something that, that no season ticket holder wants to hear. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing if you have a bright future and it's, it's, you, you kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, I think Philly, you know, tanked the game, but they, it's a whole other aspect when you're Tennessee kind of stuck in the, on the hamster wheel of uh, mm-hmm. mediocrity in a way. So, uh, yeah, that's the way I see it. Good, good jargon there. The hamster wheel of mediocrity. All right. <laughs> so we'll talk a little bit about the Ravens injury report here today. And, uh, I got to bring this thing up here. Actually, it's from yesterday, from from Wednesday. We don't have today's yet, but uh, Ravens had an extensive injury list, uh, including a couple people returning, and uh, those are are good news. Keep Mitchell back, practicing full from his hamstring. Daryl Worley, mm-hmm. IR, DTR, also full 
Um, does not mean he'll necessarily be back this week, but th- I think there's a pretty good chance since the Ravens are short at safety. And then Marcus Williams returned on a limited basis. Yeah, so I expect Worley to take over the uh, DeAndre Houston Carson role, maybe not this week, but next week, because he was lost off the P squad. Um, and Marcus Williams, they had some clips. I don't know if you saw him, Ken, but he was tackling a bag into a mat, and he was using both of his arms. So uh, so that was good to see. Um, I mean, it, the Ravens had a roster crunch. Keith Mitchell is now practicing fully again. And that's just another reason why, you know, sitting tight, at the trade deadline probably made some sense because who are you going to push off the roster? I know they've been carrying Joshua Johnson, the third quarterback all year, and that's one spot you could potentially uh, take. But you're running out of spots pretty soon with players coming back and not a whole lot of players that you want to lose. Yeah, and even if injuries were to give you room on the roster, other places, you also have game day activation issues. So you know, I think it's already possible with returns on the edge that we're going to see Tavius Robinson start to get some deactivations um, the rest of the year. And, and they have other players uh, who, who are in the same point. They, they have already probably the best inactive lineman in the entire NFL in a player like Sam Mustafer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And he hasn't. He's he's had a couple inactive. In fact, he started the year on the practice squad. But he, but he's definitely a, a uh, two in a row. Yeah, a quality lineman. Yeah, he's been an actor the last two in a row. They've been shuffling through Kevon Seymour one week up and then uh, uh, Jalen Armour Davis up and down one week up, one week down. And, you know, it's just getting tight, and they have a lot of good players. It's a good problem to have for sure. You have quarterbacks, uh, starting caliber quarterbacks who aren't even getting a rep on defense, a pair of them. Uh, that's that's a good pl- that's a good place to be in. Yeah, it, it is, and 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 it, it can prevent you from having a player like Armour Davis active when he really hasn't earned reps at corner also. So so that that at least, uh, you know, you're keeping – the end of your depth chart is still contributing to special teams and contributing to defense. That's a good thing. So, uh, But now five injuries we have to talk about, and and some of these are really serious, and I, I'll, I'll go through kind of in order. No, I, I won't even try and do that. Odell Beckham, shoulder injury, did not practice on Wednesday – don't know if that's serious or not because I didn't see it happen in the game. So he took that big shot from Bake Buda Baker, and I think went into the locker room at one point, and he did return to the game. So usually when you do return to the game, you're okay. So hopefully that's just a rest day. Okay, so rest day, and and it didn't occur or get reaggravated on the long DPI play where he fell in the end zone. He got up and he was gesticulating. Didn't seem like his shoulder was hurt from the way he was, you know, jumping around angry at the official or maybe angry at the at the at the opponent for DPI and when he could have had a touchdown. Right. Uh, you know, remains to be seen. Hopefully we'll get good news there, at least a, a limited session on Thursday. All right. Here's one that concerns me. Running back Gus Edwards, toe DNP. So whenever I see toe, I think probably turf toe for a running back. That can be a lingering injury. Yes, that was concerning too. It was a little surprising because there was uh, media availability yesterday and he was made available and he said he enjoyed having a heavy workload last week and hopes to have a heavy workload again against Seattle. So uh, from the words out of his mouth, it sounds maybe not so concerning, but uh, yeah, you definitely don't like foot injuries for any of your players. All right. Now it gets more serious probably from there. Adafi Owe, ankle knee DNP. Now Owe also left the game, also returned. 
Um, and honestly, I thought played pretty well in the game. Obviously, he missed the sack on the on mm-hmm. the uh, uh, which was unfortunate. But uh, he otherwise, I thought, you know, got a decent amount of pressure in the game. Looked pretty good as a pass rusher. Um, seems like he's ready to to start making contributions. Yeah, I would. You know, this is speculation, but I think that is still giving him rest coming off the high ankle sprain. That was listed as the same injury when he was first working his way back, knee slash ankle, sort of covering both areas of the high ankle sprain. So hopefully he's also hitting the field, hitting the bags on Thursdays. All right. And we see both offensive tackles, Morgan Moses, shoulder DNP, and Ronnie Stanley now, shoulder DNP, not ankle, shoulder DNP. And that is the first time I've seen the shoulder designation for Stanley, who finished the Agreed. game. Yeah. Yep. So that's a, that's a little bit of a concern. Obviously, shoulder injury is a, a very big deal uh, for any offensive line position, for any position period. But but if you have any kind of a uh, start to have any kind of a labrum issue, a rotator cuff injury, those things are very serious for linemen that keep them out for an extended period. Um, in the case of Moses, I'm probably a little more concerned, and the reason is he didn't finish the game against the uh, Cardinals. He he missed the last drive, and, and McCary was in there and blocked very well on that drive, by the way. But uh, Moses, they would have really liked to have had him in there as a run blocker on that final drive. Yeah, that caught my eye as well. I don't remember who, but someone asked John Harbaugh after the game, and he made it sound like it was not injury-related, and he said, hey, we have a starting caliber lineman, Patrick McCary, here. Let's see what he can do. And uh, – that raised eyebrows, uh, especially when you don't finish the game. And now the injury report again with the shoulder injury, which was the previous injury earlier in the season. That is the one probably out of the five that I'm most concerned about. Okay. All right. So hopefully the, some of these things clean up. We, we were recording this at about 2 o'clock on Thursday. The injury report isn't out for the day. And so we don't uh, we don't have that to work with yet. But I'll be, I'll be definitely – Looking for clues for what's happening in, in the in the Thursday, we got to at least see some some uh, some of these DNPs come back to limited uh, today. Yep, yeah. So I think at this point of the off or excuse me, this point of the in season, Eric DeCosta is just continuing to line up those contingency plans that are available on the street, Namakasu, for example, and um, and then I think probably in a couple of weeks, you know, next week maybe you start looking at. The future, future needs, maybe in-season extensions. Uh, three of the six, correct me if I'm wrong, but three of the six cornerstone contracts on the ro- roster all got done in-season, right? Stanley, Roquan for sure, and I believe Marlon also got done in September, if that I remember right. correctly. Yeah. So, so uh, this could, this can be a time where some of these players can be uh, retained and start start looking forward too. That that sounds like what we ought to be doing the next couple of shows here. Then the for the first one, I'm thinking let's let's talk about. 23 to 24 in terms of transition out, transition in, and uh, and what we're looking forward to. But anyway, that'll be a, a fun couple of weeks of, of uh, doing the show with you, Voss, as it always is. Uh, why don't you tell so. folks where you can uh, uh, where they can read your stuff online? Yes, I am at Twitter at Vasilis Beatdown, V-A-S-I-L-I-S Beatdown. I am an author and editor for the Baltimore Beatdown blog, and I have a podcast called At the Ravensway Pod. We're going to have 
Alec Pugliano song tonight. I guess this won't be released till after, but uh, yes, looking forward to it. All right. Alec, a friend of the show as well. Uh, uh, always a pleasure doing this with you. Uh, other folks out there, if you'd like to be on a film study short, hit me up. DMs are always open on Twitter. Love to talk to you, and I'll get back to you very quickly. Uh, try and keep that kernel of an idea small so we can fit it in in a, in a true short format in under 30 minutes. Uh, for Vosloricos, this is Ken McCusick saying goodbye, and we'll talk to you next week on Friday Morning GM. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.